Big day. And very excited for today's guest. Uh, without further ado, NBA champion, basketball weapon, Meta World Peace, also the founder of RTS Management Group. Join the show, buddy. How are you, mate? Oh, man. Every, everything is good. Everything is really good, man. How, how are you doing? A-OK. I guess I'll start off with this one. Um, how many days did you have a sleep in after you smoked 10 blunts after the Lakers won? <laughs> um, not, 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 not many. Maybe like a couple hours. Um, yeah, I, I, I had about two. You know, I feel like um, – and, but I said 10, uh, maybe I had, maybe we had 10 collectively. It was but, a long day. It was a long day. It was, it was a, a long experience. day. Okay. But the reason is because like when you talk about so many things that happen, right? With, you know, social injustice, and then with Kobe, with Kobe passing away and then with drug reform and all this stuff is like, I remember back in the days where all my friends was, um, you know, getting arrested for smoking weed in New York City. <laughs> you know, so when you get, when you get arrested for smoking marijuana, and you say like you're, uh, you know, 12 years old. This is real. This is real life situations. Some people think it's fairy tale, but it's not. So you're 12 years old, 13 years old. Maybe you're in the street selling dope. Maybe you smoking marijuana. Whatever the case may be, right? So if if you if you smoking marijuana and you get sent to a juvenile delinquent facility, you get taken out of public school. You're two weeks behind on grades. So if you're two weeks behind behind on grades and you don't got parents that can help you, you know, pass tests or or can help you, you know, tutors, all this other stuff, you're going to fail that class. You're going to get a red on your report card. It's going to set you back. You're going to get discouraged. Then you're going to get left back. And you're going to be right back in the streets, right? So this is happening all over, right? This is happening to, um, I mean, one would argue just the black community, but I'm sure it's happening to other ethnicities, skin colors, religions, faiths, and beliefs type of people. I'm sure. But from my, from my lens, you know, uh, I, I, from from my lens, it's been happening to us. So, with that being said, you know, with Kobe passing and everything just crazy. I just thought I'm in California. You know, why not have a blunt? You know, to the head, <laughs> <laughs> mate. I think, uh, you know, I'm from New Zealand. We're a, a small uh, nation of five million, and obviously, in the, the the big city smokes over here. Watching what's happening in the world right now, 2020 is going down as a pretty interesting intersection and combination of so many things you know just the moment that it feels that humanity is having the world is having just at a full macro it's it's almost overwhelming just the combination of oh of course that's going to happen and then duck, 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 and it feels like this kind of snowball of momentum and energy and kind of i guess overall probably negativity in many respects so i'm sure to have a moment of glory and good and something that actually makes you feel good inside to sort of redirect a bit more positivity i'm sure especially you've seen it and you've been in the mix more than definitely more than most in some ways was it maybe the the brightest part of your year so far for 2020 did it bring back some some good vibes for you it was, it was, it was really great. You know, I got my Lakers shirt on here. <laughs> um, I didn't even realize it was a snake. Oh, that's a Mamba snake. I didn't even realize that. I was so busy. <laughs> this is crazy. I didn't even notice. But anyway, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I've been so busy. I don't know. It's nothing. But um, yeah, it was great to see the Lakers win. It was great to see LeBron win. Um, you know, I'm a big fan. And I know a lot of people, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a, not a politician, but he's a leader, you know, for the community. So I know he's like going through a lot himself. Um, and, and it, it was good. It was it was just good vibes, and I, I just want to encourage people. Even us being on this call right now, there's no controversy here. 
right? We, we just mm. about to talk. We're not even thinking about the outside world. So I would encourage people, what you read in the media is, is control. Just think about it. If you control media or if you had your own network, what would you do? I know if I had mine, I would have stuff about the earth, about planets, about stars, right? So you can't, but I don't have my own programming. So it's not that the world is out of control. It's a few people just positioning themselves for power. That's what it is, right? And they're using, and they're using it on the backs of the people. The people just want to have a good time. I want to go to the beach, smoke some marijuana, you know, go to the forest, look at some dares, and stuff like that, right? I don't want to see another ethnicity fail. I don't want to see another skin, skin color mm-hmm. fail. I don't want to see, it's not just blacks that I want to see successful, right? You know, and so don't forget anybody watching, you are not the reason why this world and whatever's going crazy right now. It's a few people that are just um, not responsible and they don't know how, they, they're very bad leaders. And it's not just one person, it's a few people. Well, I, I think where you're getting to there is the, um, you know, they'd said, you know, if you ever wanted to take over a country, you definitely start with the media. The media controls the messaging. If you control the messaging, you control the narrative, you control the right. headspace, you control the actions. It kind of filters back from there. Um, what I have noticed in, I guess, where power comes and money's associated with is the strategy of how people, I guess, try to seek that power or try to navigate to try and get those things. And I'm sure you know what what you're talking about there. There's usually a disconnect between, I guess, the people at the bottom would see in their bubble of what the world is to something sort of greater. What age were you when you realized that these kind of two worlds actually existed? Like in your bubble, was there, you were in a bubble to try and have fun and then like, where did you actually, what was that moment for you? That's a good question. So obviously, you know, we're born, everybody knows we're, Mama and daddy have sex and you're born. You're a kid, you don't know anything, right? It was supposed to be a back rub, wasn't it? Was this, uh? <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be a back rub. Oh, wow, I got a baby popped out nine months later. <laughs> and I didn't even know who, who the baby was. That's what happens, right? Um, 18 years later, you find out you're the dad. But, um, <laughs> but you know, with that being said, when we're born, we, we're, we're as pure as anything, you know? Um, we're as pure as anything. So as even if you're poor and you grow up in, unfortunate circumstances in the Philippines. You're gonna get up out of your, if you're, if you're poor and you live in a shack or something like that, you're gonna get up and look forward to seeing your friends, no matter if you don't have shoes. We're just happy as human beings. But then when you put in the politics, when you put that into effect, then that's where things get shaky because we no longer have the best interest in the humans, right? The humans are put here to you know, make things better. You're not going to see a dog make a spaceship, right? The humans are put here to make things better, more exciting for the animals, for us together. Mm-hmm. But when you start to add politics to that, there's too many um, vested interests and in other things and too many agendas and hidden agendas and different things like that, right? So I started to realize that, you know, I grew up in the streets where, you know, gunshots and playing basketball, shots firing, going to the bench, being in Afghanistan in New York City, right? And um. And, and, and what happens is you get used to that, right? So it's like, okay, they're shooting today. Let me duck. It's over. Hey, did you see that? Did you see that? We go on with our day. But then that's one issue. Then you get the, the other issue where the school situation is all messed up. You know, and you're like, oh, wow, I really can't get a job. Oh, wow. I really got to work harder to get ahead. Then when you start to realize that, you start to ask all these questions, right? Um, and then you start to, then religion and faith is, has a lot to do with that, right? You start to say, oh, wow, I grew up Baptist. 
but this is Catholic. Oh, Christians is fighting Muslims. Oh my goodness, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> this is crazy, right? So as you get older, you know, you're like, oh wow, we, we really are in a jungle, <laughs> literally. We just not in the middle of Africa or Australia, right? So with that being said, you just wanna, you know, um, you take all that consideration and a lot of that's distraction, right? Like I said, we sitting here and we having this great discussion while people positioning for power just going crazy and driving the world insane. So on that, right, it's quite, it's a, it's an interesting segue. When the players are in the bubble and they had the opportunity to walk, and then I saw the um, the uninterrupted or the, the barbershop thing with uh, Obama and Maverick and LeBron talking about this is actually a moment to try and use this for, I guess, bigger than itself to actually create that sort of momentum. You talked about LeBron before being that, that leader. How many other players are in a position like his for the state of culture in America and sport in the world to actually bridge that gap between um, – I guess the community and either the corporations or the power, because it feels like there's not that many people who have the the kudos in New Zealand, we call it mana, like the respect, the honor, the the capabilities to actually be able to do that. Do you feel that that's almost a burden that he has to take for the people or is it a self-imposed yeah, thing that he knows if he doesn't do it, no one will? Well, he has no choice. He's a, he has no choice because of the type of person he is. Right. And, Everyone tries to do different things. You know, it's not always successful. I, I try to do different things from a leadership standpoint and get people to follow you, right? And follow your messaging, good or bad, right? So, but LeBron is in a unique situation because his messaging is really positive and he's still from the hood. You can still tell he from Akron when he had no shoes on his feet. You can still tell he got that hood in him, but he also has that human nature, that, that purity inside of him. And he wants the best for everyone. He's also a little bit upset. I mean, you think about LeBron, he has Republican friends and Democratic friends. He, I mean, right now he's leading, he's leaning towards a Democrat, but LeBron is entrenched in a different world than we are. Well, so his tax bracket definitely would be. <laughs> tax bracket and relationships, right? He's like, you can't be in that tax bracket and not have Republican relationships. Right. Well, I remember when, when Jay-Z first sort of got him in the mix to start with, and I first saw him getting close to him years ago. And I, I actually wondered then, obviously not that like, you know, one's athlete, one's, one's music, but that same bridge of being able to shake hands on both sides and navigate those waters, it felt like Jay kind of made that blueprint that it feels was very similar alongside of how LeBron was able to sort of navigate around it on top of it too. So I think, I mean, between Obama and Jay-Z, I'm pretty sure he's got a pretty, he knows how to play those sides. Cause I think you're exactly right. Like you can tell he's still got the hood in him, but then, you know, shit goes off. He can, he can do what he needs to do as well. It's that burden seems kind of heavy to bear. Did you, did you ever feel like you had that any type of weight or pressure for yourself that you had to navigate through? Well, when I came in, your journey, when I first came in, it was all about the hood. I, I I know problems that's in the streets. I don't know, I don't know what's going on in politics too much. I don't even care. Literally, I literally never voted until this year. I literally don't care about a fight between a Republican and a Democrat. I can give two shits. What I care about is my hood. That's it. We struggling. We in the streets. My people is um, access to guns at an early age selling dope at an early age, shooting each other. That's my only issue, right? So with that being said, when I got into the league, I was always 
talking about hood shit. You know, shout out to my people, shout out to the hood, shout out to the ghetto, we don't forget you. Although we know people are forgetting you. But even right now, when you look at the Black Lives, the Black Lives Matters movement and all that stuff, all these people are late to the game. We needed you years ago, but it's okay. We accept it that, you know, Black Lives Matter and non-Black people, Black Lives Matter, we like it. But at the same time, where were you years ago? Everybody, they, they see us in the hood, they look down on us. Now I'm a superstar, right? So. People going, they give me respect. Oh, man, well, peace, can I have your autograph? But when they see my boy with his dreads on, it's, it's a different discussion. They walk the other way, right? So for me, you know, it's always been that. You know, this is nothing new. So, you know, with that being yeah. said, yeah, you know. No, 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 totally. So in, in New Zealand, our um, the indigenous people of of New Zealand is called the Maori. It's the tribal sort of cultural ancestors or the 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 traditional people that were there first. So I'm I'm part Maori or indigenous for New Zealand, and we lead out with the with the haka, which is kind of a, a ceremonial war dance at the start of um, rugby rugby matches and sports. Right. New Zealand has this funky thing where there is still a bunch of racism that exists between, um, I guess, a lot of the white side looking down upon the cultural, the sort of the the, the brown side for for New Zealand. But exactly to your point there, which is I think is interesting, is in New Zealand when the All Blacks play and we sit there with a rugby team, the whole nation is united and we embrace that. They they right, embrace right, that right. culture. But then on the Monday morning, it's like, oh no, you you poor brown preacher shit stuff. You guys, you <laughs> clogging up the school systems, going and stuff. And it's that I said, well, you can't take culture when it's it, it's convenient for you to take culture where you right. feel empowered, but then dismiss it for the rest of the time when it's an inconvenience to the, your way of life, right? There's something. It's interesting that you, you almost felt the same way because do you, do you almost feel like it's kind of cool, not that it's a bandwagon mentality around Black Lives Matter, but you've been saying they've been there for ages. Do you think what the marketing is just like, why the shift of now, not the bandwagon is this probably the, the wrong way, yeah. but you know, you, your frustration around you've been there the whole time. Like what's the vibe there? Yeah, that's the frustration because like a lot of people are trying to say, oh, if you don't vote for Biden, you're not black. No, you do this, you're not black. Like, now, now, when now when you get somebody in, in in power that you don't like, now you want to be like, oh, you're not black, you know, you're not this. And I'm like, we was going through this in '99, we was going through this in '95. Y'all like you like to the party, buddy? Yeah, welcome to the party. Y'all was living y'all nice lives or whatever the case may be, you know, not wanting to come to black parties, not in, not letting black people in certain parties and different things like that. Man, welcome to the party. Get out of here. Mm. With that you know, righteous stuff now. So for me personally, you know, I just feel like, you know, uh, although I'm from the streets and all this other craziness, you know, I, I changed my name World Peace for a reason, right? It's just like, it's kind of crazy. I grew up in this crazy world, um, in the hood, out the hood, um, uh, you know, different things like that. And it's, it's, it's a little bit too much. You know, then you look at, you know, Afghanistan fighting with Pakistan or Pakistan fighting with this other country or, I mean, and, and now you got to think about it. We got a whole new group of young kids that's experiencing not only war, but this cultural, this culture battle right now. Right. So now we got a whole, so we got to think about that. Right. We got to be, okay. We got to actually be positive influences for these kids instead of just always, you know, worried about economic situations. People don't, like, even when we were growing up, I mean, I don't care if you have a billion dollars or a hundred billion. I don't, we don't care. Keep it, have fun. But when you start to suppress people, that's the problem. It's not about mm. your riches. It's about you know your concepts. <laughs> you know your political concepts. That's that's the only issue. I can I, I can we could give we could care less about um, if we're going to make a hundred million dollars. 
We just want to be happy. Keep your money, keep your politics, but don't oppress, don't suppress. That's that's where that's where things become a problem. So do you feel, you know, we're changing the name to, to Middle World Peace and and this this idea of, I guess, you know, unification, you know, why can't we all get along, people of one? Fundamentally, that comes alongside the need of power to have that peace, right? So how what was your strategy? with what you thought the intent was for the versus the execution against it. Cause I'm just wondering yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you say, yeah, so go for it. That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that because when peace comes, people would say to get peace, you have to bring war. That's not true. To bring peace, you need to start working on balance, right? So balance meaning some group is in power, some group is not. We're not gonna get there tomorrow, that's the problem. People think we're gonna get the peace tomorrow. We, we're not gonna wake up tomorrow and everything gonna be perfect. It takes time, you gotta focus on the balance. People focusing on the wrong things. People focus on change these things now, change these things now. You can't change you know, someone from the hood and make them start to eat salad at these tables with suit and ties overnight. The same way you can't change somebody who's a racist and hate black people overnight. Balance, it takes time. Right. And there's no there's no roadmap. There's no there's no roadmap to how we're going to achieve that. It's only we need these um, laws signed today. Right. But then, OK, when this happens, what about outside of politics? Are we trying to reach that balance you know, so that humans can actually get along? Right. But we don't have that type of person or those type of people, you know, in power. So I just wrote I just wrote a thing down you were talking about there is like, do you feel that you can, do you think you can change the world without power? Genuinely, if you were talking about this, but you were saying that the people at the top are the ones that control it, right? They have power because they have influence, they control media, yada, yada, yada. Do you think you can have impact or influence to that level without power? Well, there's a couple issues there. Let's talk about security. So if you open up the borders, right? You, you risk people taking advantage of that and just doing bad things in your country because we all were separate, right? Also, you know, now, if you opened up the borders, right, to, to people, you're gonna get more people like, hey, how you doing? I'm here, I'm in your country, just like having a great time, traveling, driving, no issues, right? But that could get out of control, I get it. I'm, I don't, I'm not a president, I don't run no country, I don't, I'm not a 200 trillionaire, I get it, you need some type of structure. Humans, do, we do need structure because we're all so special, right? All each one of us are very, very special. Now, in order, I, I believe that love and happiness, I think, you know, people will get on the same page if they start to have different concepts, you know, different concepts, not, not uh, influenced by power. Once you put that in, that's like, you know, I walk into a room, I want everyone to listen to me. If someone doesn't listen to me, okay, get him or her out the room. No, no, it's okay. Let's just collaborate. Everybody's different. So, like, this person's annoying. All right, just listen to it. Okay, good. But we still love each other, right? So they just need to slowly, not overnight, but slowly change their concepts. Concepts is horrendous. And it's been horrendous ever since, you know, they started to put structure and try to control people. You know, so I just think they, you know, you got to put a little bit more effort, you know, into, mm. you know, building balance. You, you were saying before that uh, this was the first that you, you voted. Why? Like I said, man, I, I mean, well, well, 
I didn't ask, you know, when you look at 1900s and 1880s, I wasn't born and, you know, uh, people were here, slaves and whipped. And that's not my, I I didn't do that. I I don't have to, you know, pick a side. That was, that's you. Y'all got to handle your own issue. But I had to vote this year because it was kind of crazy. <laughs> so I did vote. But, but on, on that, and, I, and I, the reason I asked as the leader was because I'm wondering, you know, for New Zealanders, when you look at, you know, United States of America, but then visually it seems extremely disconnected, fragmented, potentially most polarizing than anything you've got. What was on the streets of like, say, New Zealand, where we grew up, you know, it's not the same level, but it was, you know, the east side of town was, was, was I don't know who I was from, and it was blue, which was sort of crap. The other side was then, then Bloods bandanas have become um, politicized. Hats have become politicized. Uh, literally saying one thing has become so insanely divisive. Do, is is the Did you have no choice because your world that you feel you live in now has become just insanely pushed of the exact opposite of what you actually kind of stand for? Well, I did it because, you know, um, I did it. I voted this time at the age of 40 because um, – just strictly based off passion, love, and peace, and all that stuff. That was the only. That was the only issue. But I really could care less about voting. It has nothing to do with me, right? Voting is just. Um, that's an issue of power. People want power, and and you know what? If I gotta beg you to not suppress me, if I gotta beg you to be fair and be nice, yeah, get the hell out of here. I'm not. I'm not dealing with that. Just be nice. Good lord, it's easy. You know, change change your policies and concepts and get, and get going. And, and, and let's, think, let's get let's get it let's get it going now. Okay, so if you've got this momentum, say if you're like, um, say with the NBA, use. I don't pick this. sides. I mean, no, no, I, I, I don't. I don't pick hate, but I don't pick sides. I got. I don't care. Like, I'm not. I'm not into picking sides. Like, oh, I'm on this side. No, I'm on my side. Yeah, I'm right here. Mm. I, don't, I don't care what anyone else thinks. If you had the power to make everything happen right now, what would, what would the first thing you'd change in America be? In America, I would probably put, um, let's see, it's about 300 million people. Let's say 1% or 5% could pay for their own therapy. I would put, I would put, um, I would probably uh, multiply uh, the amount of people that need therapy that should be receiving free therapy, have the option by $50. And, and, and then whatever that number is, put a budget to that because people need it right now, because you got to think about it anytime there is, um, not distraction, but anytime there is, um, what do you call it? Um, let's say controversy, frustration, depression, all this anxiety. Now me, I can pay for it. I have anxiety, I have depression, I go get a therapist, I pay for it every single time. Some people can't afford that. So now they're going, they, they talking to each other and they got, they all going crazy, right? So we need to, that needs to be the national message. Wellness budget? Um, th- um, therapy, counseling, holistic yep. approaches to short-term healing, right? It's not a lot of money. You talk about all the money. We make money. We got companies, IPO, IPO, $100 billion market caps. It's not a lot of money to, to, you know, to, to, to help out people. Then what I would do is um, give people, uh, you want to teach uh, people how to become good parents. In my situation, you got a lot of people who don't understand parenting and partnerships with you and your partner. Female, male, female, female, male, male. I don't give a shit. You and your partner. That's the most, that, that's really important because with a strong family, you're going to develop strong people, right? So get everything. That's, that would be second. <laughs> Focus on that. Then third, mm-hmm. 
focus your policies. You want to do a company and you want to make a billion dollars, do it. Who cares? Go make a billion dollars is great, but don't suppress people. Then I think fourth, and this is bad that I'm putting it fourth, but then you got the environment situation, right? You have the situation where some people don't think we in climate control um, chaos right now. It is. It's like it's going crazy. We're taking lots of oil from the earth, putting it up in the air. Boom! Everything's going crazy. And I think like that's something where we need to agree to disagree. Like we cannot just not have you know a decision made. And with that being said, you would need one person to say, okay, this is what we're doing, which is what we don't want, right? We don't want. So with climate, with the climate control situation, it has to be some give and take, or there's going to be some problems. Like do some green stuff put some areas in the world where it's only green and do some areas in the world where you want to just kill, you know, take the oil you want to just like, you know, <laughs> destroy the environment. Okay. Do it over there. Right. Don't do that over here. Right. Um, so that's the issue where I understand why it's a big fight. There's a lot of money involved. Some people think the earth is okay. And mother nature's like, okay, y'all want to keep bothering me. I'm going to show y'all what I'm about. Mother mm. nature. People think they're smarter than Mother Nature and smarter than the Earth. You know, we we live in here, right? So oh. just, you you got you gotta you gotta think that Mother Nature that she that she's like okay, people really don't respect me. You gotta believe that, right? So with that being said, you gotta have some respect for a home. I mean, like this, she could get us out of here. Have some respect, right? So that's like I would address that fourth and. Got to make a decision. What, what are we going to do moving forward? Are we going to kill the earth or are we going to make it better? Let's make the decision now. Taking too long. What I find interesting about your answer is the first two was actually about um, the person internally with either headspace and feelings and, and love to what's on side of them instead of the second bit, which then dollars come after as the profit. So it was like people yeah. before profit, which is um, yes. refreshing. Which is refreshing. So yeah, no, and, and so why I said before about the wellness budget in New Zealand, we've got a uh, uh, literally it's a it's a wellness budget that the government put out to help with um, more free mental health services and all that type of stuff. Because say through COVID in the year of of twenty twenty, the long tail like short term, there's a obviously a um, a, a kind of a, a shock and or an economic potential hurt, but the long tail of it is actually it's going to be a lot of mental health challenges that people have going through this. Um, for the next little while, which is, you know, it's it's messing with a lot of people's headspace around, you know, being locked down at home and not being able to have freedom, yada yada yada. New Zealand's obviously in a bit of a different mix, but um, yeah, I can definitely I can definitely see that. Um, I was going to ask about um, your transition out of sport now into business. How much opportunity or lost opportunity did you have taking what you built up? from within the game to then leverage after it? Because I know reading a few things about other other different players with either people they'd, they'd met and connections and stuff to sort of transition to, to life after the game. How, did you have a strategy of what you were trying to build before you finished? And yeah. just talk me through that. I'm just, I'm interested to see your kind of evolution of the headspace to transition from, I guess, player to uh, in the game to outside of it for the, for the remainder of your life. Yeah, well, my, my situation is unique. You know, I had um, like two opportunities to sign max deals in the NBA. I kept getting in trouble. So all my deals were mid-level deals. Um, the day I had the brawl, I lost, you know, $6 million that year, about almost $10 million in suspensions. So I lost every corporate deal I had within one day, right? So with that being said, I still wanted to do corporate things, but I wasn't, I wasn't able to engage 
So I told myself that I'm just going to start my own corporation. So I started two corporations, two C Corp shareholders and all this stuff, you know, trying to actually raise the price of the shares currently as we speak. That took like maybe, you know, 14 years of planning. And now with that being said, you know, to run two corporations, you have to build teams, you got to do all that stuff. Well, when you're 23 years old and fresh out the street, you don't know, you don't know about that stuff. And I also, people was a little bit hesitant on doing business with me because they didn't know what type mm. of person. So I had to just, okay, go around that person, go to the next. Hey, I'm, I'm on a test. I want to do some business. Oh, go around that person. He don't like me. She don't like me. Okay, cool. Just keep going right towards the objective and not being frustrated. Persistence, persistence, persistence. Right. So with that being said, I wanted to do, you know, be able to have uh, different, you know, services for athletes. You know, we still start some businesses and different things like that. So when you go to artestmanagementgroup.com, you'll see what we're doing. Um, I got one fund with a partner for, who was a partner at Guggenheim and uh, Blackstone. We're a big, you know, big height funds. We have a fund called Twist Capital together, and we invest in downside. Uh, we, we invest in uh, companies that have downside protection. Um, it's a five hundred million dollar fund. I own five percent. I have another fund with the Zukin Partners, founder Hulahan Loki, Mr. Zim Zukin. Uh, we also uh, is more banking investments, but we do business together there also. Um, uh, we also uh, invested in a couple companies on my website. You can go to the investments and you'll see. Um, and uh, we're currently, uh, you know, we got the VP of Google's actually an advisor, uh, uh, outside advisor with us. You know, we got a lot of different things that's happening. It's all positive, right? So, you know, with that being said, you know, we're, we're just trying to, you know, make a positive impact uh, and, and learn different uh, sectors of business um, and just be positive. Um, if, you look at, if you look at my team, it's very diverse, uh, run by women. Um, and, uh, and, and men, but for the most part, the, the core of the team is, is mostly women. Um, and I really, I don't, I don't purposely pick a certain type of gender or ethnicity, but I do want diversity, you know, in my, mm. in, in the company. And when you go to the page, you'll see it very, very diverse group. Yeah. I, it's interesting. You talked about before, you know, after the, the malice incident, which is a moment in many ways, it feels like you were tied with a commercial brush, which actually probably blocked a lot of future opportunities. Because from a, wow. if you're in the business side, that's a straight risk. You're like stuff this, and it's not like it's a, um, yeah. That, that, that the the long tail of that, yes, you probably you know maybe lost 10, 16 mil of of contracts, but More. potentially without, <laughs> let's say fifty, but with, <laughs> without it. What, what, what I'm wondering is the true cost of that, if you got in equities of all these things earlier, could be 10x higher because the game that you and a lot of other players are getting into this tech space, getting into equities, investments, funds, right, the right, VC right. game, all that other hustle shit. And those opportunities that come earlier, that 50,000 in Uber 10 years ago would have been dot, 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 the 10,000 in, you know, Airbnb. Yeah. Um, is is the regret. 75 grand, 75 grand 10 years ago in Uber, seven, 370 million. Oh jeez, um, but but yeah. to that point though, it feels like it's um it's lost opportunity. But then singularly, did when you were talking to other players, obviously everyone's rolling around. Everyone's got a few dollars in the bank. Is there was the open communication with the players themselves talking with each other about how they were managing money, partnering up to collab together, or it was very close of like, hey, I got my contract, my deal. You do you, I'm gonna do me. All right, cool. Next. Like, what was the vibe in terms of financial conversations? Because it doesn't feel like there's collective power of players like it potentially should be. Yeah, back in the days, nobody was talking about equity. Unless you had a good business manager, yes. But other than that, nobody was saying, hey, let's diversify your portfolio. Let's put a little portion in private equity. Let's put a little portion in startups. You know, analyze mm -hmm. the potential on startups. 
then let's put some in small caps, let's put some in large caps, put some in the bonds uh, and real estate. That, that was not really discussed. And um, those type of discussions take time. Um, you know, so you got you got to have an actual roadmap to how you're going to get through to an athlete. Because think about it, athletes don't know what you're talking about. Small cap, large cap, startups. <laughs> what? I want to go to the party and club, and buy bottles of alcohol. Get away from me, right? <laughs> so it takes. I'm time. going on Snapchat, yeah. <laughs> right, go on Snapchat, something like that. So it just takes time. So now you look at LeBron, investing in Blaze Pizza, different things like that. Like Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant with his fun, um, Andre Iguodala. All these athletes is like investors. It's, it's really. It's so cool to see, right? And actually the younger athletes are giving um, more encouragement to the older athletes because before they came, before this wave came, it was Magic Johnson, um, Hershey Walker did something with uh, chicken, supplying chicken at McDonald's, I think. Um, uh, Magic Johnson, his empire, we had a couple other people that did some really good things, athletes, but it was a big gap. You know, then Shaq came, Shaq started doing big business, Jamal Mashburn, car washes, and, you, and then you had LeBron, and then LeBron started to, you know, bring his people along, educate his people. Agencies sold clutch, clutch sports to 400 million to UTA. Now you see all these athletes are getting involved. And now you see it's going in reverse. My era is like, oh, wow. <laughs> what, what are we missing out on, right? So now we all, we kind of backtracking right now. And now we getting involved where the younger athletes, they're, they're ahead of us. But, you know, things are cool, things working out. What's interesting, I think, about that is the uh, – th- as a player, most of them are just a product for a brand or whatever else. But as a platform, when you start owning equity, it changes the whole game. So you're sort of shifting the entire module. Why do you think players aren't collaborating more together for because these like, type of things? It feels like everyone does their own thing. It's competition. It's competition. So, you know, when you're a player, you know, the, the reason, you know, when, when, I, when I was leaving um, the Rockets, LeBron hit me up. Hey, Meta, Ron Atesh, you want to play with me? I'm like, no, I'm going to play against you. I'm not going to play with you. It's competition. But LeBron is different. LeBron sees it from a bigger, is a bigger picture. He's going to win and he's going to bring people together. And that's ideally how you want to do it. But back in the days when you come from the 80s and the 90s, it's competition. I, I'm never going to talk to you. I, I didn't, my best friends, Lamar Odom and Elton Brand, when we played with each other, I've, I've never said hi <laughs> during the game. <laughs> You know, before the game, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to talk to you. And after the game, if we lose, I'm definitely not calling you. My best friends, right? Mm. But that's where you, that, that's, and that was happening throughout the NBA. Imagine mm. if somebody I don't know, I'm never going to call you. <laughs> I'm, I never want to have a lunch with you. But when you look at today's people, LeBron set a good tone on, yeah, I'm going to win this game definitely, no matter what you do, you can't stop me, but let's definitely get some lunch. Let's definitely get some data. Let's build together. And that's ideally yeah. how you be. It's very different mentality of, um, uh, you know, if you want to go fast, go, go alone. If you want to go further, go together. Okay. Um, I think over time, it's become very clear that he's kind of the magnet that's trying to pull along many with him instead of, you know, him trying to be the speedboat and just say, later, boat, see you <clears> later, <throat> you know. It's quite interesting. Yeah. And obviously, there's always becomes these uh, – uh, the impact that it feels that he's had in culture and society extends so far out of just commerce, which is interesting too. Do you, you do people ask you all the time who's who's goat now, LeBron or MJ? It's hard to say. Right now is LeBron's time, so we don't want to take away from that, right? We don't want to take yeah. away from his time. We also don't want to. We also got. There's a lot of things you got to take into consideration. If MJ wasn't retired, MJ dad passed away. MJ retired. He would have eight rings. MJ would have had ten rings, 
right? So there's a lot of things that you want to take into consideration when you talk about the GOAT. But when you talk about LeBron, his stats is way better. You see what I'm saying? LeBron is just like, LeBron is a killer. You know what I'm saying? LeBron is just like smart. He His numbers are insane. So with that being said, he potentially is the GOAT. But then you talk about Bill Russell. Why, why is he not in the conversation? This guy got 12 rings. <laughs> this guy is yeah, a winner. Yeah. Ultimately, Bill Russell should be the best. And you talk about Will Chamberlain. All right. Tell me how you're going to stop Will. <laughs> Try it. He can't yeah. stop Will. Right, so it's like it's really hard to say, you know, who's the actual greatest. I mean, Will can't—he's not even here to defend himself, you know. Did you see um, Shaq's Instagram post the other day of his, his starting five? Do you see that? Like, I'll bring it uh, up. I, I briefly saw something today. <laughs> I briefly he saw goes, something today. Alan Ivers, he goes, I don't care what none of y'all say. Ain't nobody beating this this team in a seven-game series. AI, Kobe. MJ, LeBron, and of course Shaq. <laughs> and of course Shaq. And you, you think um, of that lineup and you're would, like, geez. Uh, I would argue that I'll put a team together, we'll put myself in there, we'll, we'll you know, every, <laughs> anybody gonna say I'm the best, you know, but it's I mean, just, the it's only hard one, to, it's hard. the only one I'd maybe switch, maybe, is if you got Curry on the on the outside instead of AI, but every the other four are pretty gnarly, man. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to, geez, I mean, maybe some AI could do it, but so who would your five be? Who would your five be? If you let me be in my prime, I'll pick me. I'm not picking no one else in my prime. I'm not picking that one other person. Are you in who and for? Like, okay, so so let's say <laughs> my team versus your team. My team, and I've got, I'm going to put, I'm going to put the house on it. I got AI, Kobe, MJ, LeBron, and Shaq. Who do you have? So you got you and who's your four? I got the defensive player of the year, Ron. That's right before the brawl. Not the after. I got the defensive player of the year, Ron. Test. I'll pick uh, Michael Jordan. I'll pick. No, you um, can't. No, he's my. He's my five. I've already got my shit. four. He's he's on my five. All right. So Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, and I'll put Will at the four. I'll put Bill at the five, and then I'll go. Um, and then I'll go. Uh, Stephen Curry. <laughs> Stephen Curry at the one. Right, and then I'll go me at the three, Metal World Peace, Ron Test at the three. But then you got to put in parentheses DPO year 2004. That's the only one. All right, and then I'll put at the two, I'll pick, um, oh, Kobe at the two. <laughs> Kobe at the I two. got Kobe, he's on my five. Okay, I would pick, um, I would pick, oh, um, uh, I would pick, um, I would pick, all right, maybe, no, no, I'm not gonna pick him. I'll pick, I'll pick, oh, Magic Johnson. Oh. Nothing. Okay, how do you think <laughs> Bill will stack up against Shaq in the post? No, no, Bill versus Shaq in the post. Yeah, I got Will and I got Bill Russell. So oh. Shaq don't get thirty, but we're gonna be okay. <laughs> sure, I'd like Shaq, to see it play out. We know we'll be we'll be okay. We'll be all right. <laughs> Uh, it's, I mean, the thing is, that at the end of the day, it's, you know, go to generations. Your exact point at the start was um, everyone's in their own lane and they've got, uh, you know, different generations and he's having his moment and he's having his time. Um, dude, I've really appreciate this chat. I know you've got to um, boost out. You good for time? We got to boost out and go? Oh, no. We, I mean, well, you know, we, we, we're good. Okay. Um, just let it know. I know you, I, you are a pretty busier man than, than myself. Um, so I'll, I'll ask this. When you're on the the road, you've and at the start when you talked about if you were to run the world, what we do, you talk about your headspace first and your family. How are you as a boyfriend, partner, dad, friend, 
through the years in on, on the road and been in the NBA. How is how have you as a human outside of the game compared to when you were inverse out of the game? Well, you know, when, you, when they throw in lots of money at you, you fucking think you're Superman. So, um, you know, I, I started out really, really rough and rocky. You know what I mean? I was just, I, I partied like I don't even know. <laughs> a lot, of, a lot. Like, ooh, ooh, lot. Um, but then, you know, as you get older, you like this, you can't sustain the lifestyle. So, like, I right, chill out, homie. And, um, you know, get, 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 get your act together. So, that takes time, though. And I was, I was never in a rush. That's the, I, I feel like the, never be in a rush. Take your time. Mm-hmm. It's no rush. What what were you like as a as a partner? Well, well, I, I it was a, it was a, it was a rocky one, buddy. When I was in my prime, it was rocky. I'll tell you that it wasn't wasn't the yeah. greatest. Wasn't the greatest. And headspace because when you're in your prime, was it because you couldn't balance it? It wasn't prioritized. What was the what my was priority? Was, my priority was partying. That's it. No other objectives, but go out and have a great time every night. I, are you lucky social media wasn't around when you were in your prime? Um, I, I mean, I, I, if social media wasn't around, I, I didn't care anyway. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have cared if social media was or was not around. But, you know, if it was around, um, yeah, it would have been a hell of a show, probably. Was, was there ever a time when you and Dennis Rodman were together and you partied in Las Vegas? Who lasted the longest? No, I never partied with Dennis, but I did spend time with Dennis. I, I love Dennis, actually. I did spend some time with Dennis um, on multiple occasions, but never like in a party and scene. He he's actually my favorite player, so yeah. Ah. Yeah, interesting. The um on the website you had a thing talking about X versus X sports, um, kind of the connection yeah. of sort of players and professional stuff. I'm I'm interested in that. Is that a project that sits underneath the platform? Is that what's the the long tail of that? Is that connection to eventual kind of offline of offline collaboration with Partners yeah. and players or talent? Yeah. What's that? Yeah, right now, I mean, right now it's hard for players to find opportunities. Um, there's a lot of politics involved. We're just trying to remove all the politics. For example, Metta World Peace retires from NBA. Um, Metta World Peace want to play in Australia. Metta World Peace want to play somewhere. Well, I need an agent. Well, why, why, why do I need an agent? I'm good enough, right? I, I want to play somewhere in the country I want to play at. So now what I'm doing is connecting fans directly to the players. That's the end goal. And uh, I'm going to send players on opportunities to play in these micro um, professional type games. We don't need fans. We don't need all that stuff. You know, the, the players will be receiving cash direct. Right. So we're working on that. We're, we're steam rolling ahead. Um, LA times invested um, chairman of Wix invested um, first. I mean, founder of survey monkey and stumble upon in is in is a tech company, but it's bet, but it's, um, it's to provide solutions for players such as myself, and then connect a lot of different types of basketball enthusiasts. So um, that's what we're doing. Uh, Steamrolling ahead, uh, launching really soon here region- regionally in the West Coast. Then we're going to expand out to uh, other parts of America, go to Canada, and then go um, global after that. So the scalability of that, it's obviously one-to-one service enough. You've got a curated sort of model around it. Right. Where do where do the other investors see th- that playing out? Is it a, is it a, is it a talent grab? Is it to try and lock in more IP? Like, what's the what do they oh, see yeah. as the value? There, there 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 is some patent op- opportunities. Not right now. We're not focused on any patents right now. But sponsorship, um, transaction fees is going to be another big one for us. 
Um, subscriptions will be another big one for us in the future and some other future near future revenue streams. Um, then you have the excitement, you have the network capability, you have a network effect. Um, potentially, you have the option, we have an opportunity to really uh, grab uh, the, the, the curiosity of people who love sports, live sports. So we do have that option. Uh, when you look at all the OTT platforms and Quibi just went out of business, but when you look at all the OTT platforms and all the other marketing and social media channels, you do have an opportunity to create a network, a viral network effect. If that happens, we'll hop on it quick. Um, but right now we're only focused on, you know, using, uh, you know, third party assets for our players, you know, to accomplish what we want to accomplish. Um, and and that, so that's pretty much the plan um, uh, that we have, you know, moving forward. How do you, uh, you're obviously a very well-known human. Everyone's obviously trying to get to you for different opportunities. Hey, invest in my rap label and my t-shirt line or whatever the shit is. How do you, what's your personal process with how you uh, filter opportunities when people want to take some of your hard-earned money or, or some of the partners? How do, you, how do you think about opportunity? Well, one, I try, to, I try to just think about things I love and I'm interested in, things that could affect the outcome of success. So, uh, and that takes a team. So when you're a corporation, you're going to have a business analyst, a data analyst, a CEO, CMO, CRO, CTO, all this stuff. Now as an athlete, um, you don't want to hire that many people. That gets expensive. So you want to make your first investment. I think like in a CEO type of person, someone that understands your, 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 your vision, your mission, your goals, your passions, and then uh, analyze, you know, and put together a roadmap on how you're going to get there. And if nothing fits in that thesis, then, you know, I don't want to invest in your company. You know, I, we're not doing the same thing. Sorry, no. But we do have an accelerator, right? So we have an accelerated program. You go to artistmanagementgroup.com. If you want to be a part of it, sign up. And then, um, you know, we have a process and it goes through my team. And that's pretty much it. So um, if someone wanted to do something with us, they would have to go through the accelerator. They would have to be accepted, you know, into the program. Is it? Uh, the space that you're mostly looking into, is it sport tech? Is it um, like, is it connection more communities? Is it content driven? Like what sort of the main pieces that you look to sort of play or invest in? Well, from a short term revenue uh, perspective, it's where we can add value or impact the outcome of success. So that could be a lot of different things. It could even be a pizza shop, big pizza chain. They wanted to use our face. We use it, they sell more, we sell it in a couple of years. We affected the outcome of success. So those opportunities, they come in different waves. It could be health, it could be entertainment, it could be um, insurance company, a, a new insure tech company or fintech company that's trying to get visibility and awareness. A lot of these startups um, where we can affect the outcome of success, the founders don't have the marketing capabilities because they only focus on product and operations. And sometimes they only focus on product if you're a, a, a CTO or a developer. So with that being said, yeah, you come to our accelerator, we see where there's synergy. Now, you know, the number one uh, mission is revenue, right? Then second, the passion is uh, anything that is social impact, mental health driven sports. That's the core focus of what we do. And then we also look at other things outside of that. There's a lot of big opportunities that presents itself, like I said, mm -hmm. because these companies are trying to get awareness and visibility. And that's where the synergy lies. So obviously partnering with, um, you know, a lot of the crew that you sort of have coming with the mindset of pro athlete, but not growing up in the world of finance, what's your super skill in terms of crafting and curating these, these sort of partnerships and deals? Like where's your, 
where does your sort of, I guess, unique IP sort of sit in making these these deals and potential venture opportunities work? Yeah, I think so. Because like, so people, how I think about things is a little bit different. I don't have a expertise in certain, uh, analyzing certain businesses, how they should be, but some sectors I'm okay in. So I think um, building a team, uh, you know, talking about different opportunities. And when you get, you know, a hundred opportunities, you learn so much, you know, about all these different businesses. You learn about in-house marketing, in-house operations, how to cut costs when you're working with development, how to cut costs when you're working with other marketing agencies, right? So now when you talk about cutting costs, that 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 is very uh, attractive and appealing to uh, investors or to people that want to partner with you, right? So that's pretty much where our uh, strong point is at, you know, cutting costs on operations and marketing. So like efficiencies through it. Uh, Missing anywhere in the crypto space? You looking into cryptocurrencies at all? You talking with crew doing it? Like what's your what's your thought on crypto and the future of um, digital currency? I like the vision. Crypto is one concept. There's a lot of other concepts out there. You know, with technology, is not just one concept. It is a leading buzzword, but there are other things you can do. And you could also, if you want to launch a company, just launch it regular. You don't, you don't have to be in crypto. Right, you don't have to be in blockchain, but you want to be thinking about it, right? You want to be thinking mm-hmm. about it because it's it's the near future, it's the near future, mm-hmm. and you don't want to miss the boat. But you don't want to be invested a boatload in somebody's idea that never, you know. You want to strategically get in, and you may and you may never get in. You may never have to get in as an investor or mm-hmm. founder or whatever you want to do. But it's very interesting, and you and you should definitely be aware of it. You talked about you mentioned Quibi just before. Why? Yeah. Did, I don't know if you look too much into that at all. Why do you think yeah. they failed? They had Meg behind well, it. They had a shit ton of cash. Spending too much money is not sustainable. I, I mean, I, I understand you wanted to give all the uh, celebrities a lot of cash, you know, to create content, you know, to uh, grab market share from Netflix, Hulu. But I thought they was in a position to be creative. I thought they was in a position not to get excited about the celebrities in L.A. I thought they was in a position to really give power to the content creators and give power to the masses. These content creators are one opportunity away from being superstars, right? Mm-hmm. So I think their business model might could have been a little bit different. But with that being said, um, I'm only talking from the perspective after they have failed, right? So anyone can say what it should have, could have, but that's something I would have done different. I, I just remember when they, before they'd even launched, they'd pre-sold their first quarter out or yada, yada, yada. And I'm looking at thinking, like, I like the the, the user experience piece that makes sense, but then just driving so tough down on essentially Hollywood talent, but for a phone in a world where everyone that's consuming it, say if you're on the YouTube world or whatever else, there's just a huge talent pool that exists instead of taking those who are already doing the same shit, copy paste, but just for your format. I wondered if there was tension between the talent that they could have got for, I'm not saying it should be a, let's say it's a social studio and they sign on flipping a thousand of these young talents and you curate the top one that goes out every day. That might have been cheaper than maybe some of these shows or whatever. I'm just yeah, it'd be really interesting to talk to some people on the inside with um with no, how they saw no. it sort of stacking up. I mean, I I, I agree. You know, I, when when I was thinking mm-hmm. about it, you know, I thought I was always interested in just meeting the people there and just kind of asking them, you know, what happened. Uh, that was a quick turnaround, one point seven billion dollar raise, and then you you know it's gone. You know, the company's yeah, folded. Like Three hundred million back or something, right? Like it was there was only a little bit left. 
You said Lyft was in it? No, no, no. I, I think there was about, well, I think the number was about 300 million left, but they just returned it to those initial investors. So they'd already kind of burned through about 85% of it, I guess. Oh, and then they returned the rest of the investors? Yeah, and closed it. That's I mean, what I think happened. I, I need to look into it. I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of, um, I mean, if they did return money to the investors, that's amazing. I actually felt bad for them because I felt like, you know, it seemed like it was going to be a good company. And it seemed like it, it was actually for the content creators, but I felt like they were just giving the money to people that's, you know, um, the, they, they were marking up their prices. You know, um, they gave a ton of money away to existing producers and talent, but these prices are marked up. You know, everybody, I, I, I heard stories where people was getting lots of money. I'm like, for what? For a 10 minute show? You're getting the same amount you would get for an hour show? So it's like, I think they got caught up in the celebrity too much rather than focusing on the people. It's interesting, right? Because you could take the same argument, go the other way with Spotify. You give Joe Rogan 100 million, stock goes up 5 billion in one day, and now it's 50% up on the whole entire thing. So in that world, that one, because I guess is that they already had the platform and they got a person which plugged into it instead of having no platform, having all the people, but then not having the community to cross back in. It's quite interesting that, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think so. I think I think it is interesting. I mean, I mean I'm actually have happy we have these discussions. I can't not every day you get to talk about this type of stuff, <laughs> you know, to people and, and, and you know, and publicly some people <laughs> you know, look at me but oh that's the guy who uh, fights all the time in the NBA. <laughs> so but yeah, it's actually really cool to have this discussion. No, I mean, I, I always think there's, there's always more to the story. And the reality <laughs> is, um, I think sometimes people can get cursed with the moment un, unfairly. Yeah. You know, whether it might be Isaiah not shake, shaking hands or you, you know, trying to knock some dude out in the stands or just, you know, Tiger Woods with a seven iron, whatever it is. I, I, I just... I said this last week actually to someone. I was like, I can't wait to, to the year 2050 where whoever the president is is going to 100% have dick pics and Snapchats and disgusting screen grabs sent to someone from three decades earlier because everyone will have them because everyone's young and does dumb shit. So hopefully at that point we realize that no one's perfect. Everyone's going to stuff up. Everyone has going to be documented that they've stuffed up. So if everyone's not perfect, then maybe we can just get on with, with life and treat people a bit more equally. Because I, I don't, I hate this idea of not, not cancel culture or stuff you for something you did years ago, but everyone's done that. And I, I think it's sometimes people get the scarlet letter unfairly. And it just doesn't feel, for me, it doesn't feel, doesn't feel fair. Well, nobody, no, nobody's perfect. And I, and I know I'm not, so I'd never try to figure out how to satisfy someone, you know, and uh, want them to believe that, hey, I'm perfect. Yeah, I wish I could have been like Tim Duncan or Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, you want to know something? That's just not what it is, you know, and, and it's okay. It's fine. Do you, when you look back at who you were then, are you proud of what you became or are you proud of what you did, but not who you were? Well, I, uh, th that's a good question. I, I wasn't proud of who I, I, I was, mm. but I never wanted to change. I, I accepted it. You know what I'm saying? I accept the fact that, you know, certain things, if I was privy to certain things, I definitely would have did things a little bit different in a lot of different ways. But, you know, because of my character, um, you know, 
growing up, you know, no values, really no morals, really at that time. And, you know, just don't give a, you know, give a rat's ass about anything. And, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to impress corporate America. I'm not trying to impress my general manager, my owner, my fans. It was a mindset that was, um, you could say toxic, maybe. Um, and you want to know something? When you identify that you're toxic, then you say, okay, I'm a toxic guy. I still love myself. And, you know, you'll try to change over time. It's not. And, and one thing with me, I told myself it was going to take five, 10 years. I, I was never trying to rush to be, you know, some, I was never trying to rush to be a, like a better, I think I say a better person, just um, a, a, a more well-rounded person, you know, um, mm. I, so I was never rushing to that point. When you get there, you get there. It's like, you know, yeah. you know you're know, you flying. You can't go 600 miles an hour. The plane is going 500. That's it, right? You can't put the plane or you're going to crash or you're going to mm-hmm. engine's going to fall, right? So just take your time. Take your time. But but there's a difference with that, right? Because I think the, the point being is if you are at a moment and you are self-aware enough to realize what you're doing but choose to disregard it to keep doing what you're doing for the result – or still get to result by, by by choosing to be a better person. There's actually a moment. Sometimes you're just young and you do dumb stuff. Some other times you know what you're doing and you just don't give a shit. You know, and there's a difference. No, you yeah, know? The, well, with that, you know, it's a lot of kids like that, right? So, mm. um, you know, when you talk about a kid who is reckless, now what we do as older and wise men, wise women, we have programs, right? Because we know kids are going through a lot. We know parents are separated. We know some people have chemical imbalances. We know some people are frustrated, depressed, and have anxiety, right? So with that being said, even if the kid is, you know, troubled, we're gonna support the kid because we want to because we want the best for the kid, right? Some kids don't know that they are self-destructive. Self self self-destruction is built over time. Something happened to you. So now it's collectively we say, okay, um, we got some self-destructive kids. Let's help them, right? Let's sh- let's show them. Don't be self-destructive. You know, be more uh, just productive or whatever you want to say. Mm. Awesome, brother. Hey, look, I know we've gone way over what um, we were probably supposed to, but I've just really enjoyed the the chat, my friend. This has been it's been great. Um, just like learning, seeing a bit. Behind. It was actually really good talking to you. I, I like talking about lots of things rather than just like sports and defensive player of the year and. You know, and uh, so I, I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, uh, that's why I gave you more passion than usual. And, um, you know, hopefully everybody out there that watch, you know, have, have a good day. Don't listen to all this nonsense. Just focus on you, your friends, and your family, you know, and uh, have a good day. Dude, it's been mega. Um, joined by Meta World Peace, artistmanagementgroup.com. Uh, if you're a startup in the tech space, have a check out. It's quite interesting the the worlds that you sort of playing in now and it's it's pretty awesome so look after corona's all um dust down and dialed um hopefully things get back on track but i really appreciate your time man and you know just a little dude from new zealand saying hi so i appreciate you having the, having the chat and it's been some it's been some good banter my friend love it now yeah absolutely and i think you uh, have a bright future if you continue uh, and thank you for having me i appreciate it done and dusted there you go uh the man, Meta World Peace, NBA champion, defensive player of the year. The list go on. Um, very cool chat. Very deceptively deep human being. And that is something that I can relate to and respect very well. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day, team. This has been Rebet Live, Dash Talk, Dash Talk X, Dash Radio. Adios.